about to get dummy thick I got Ike and Jake, they spit in this Gamer news for all your ears So come on y'all, let's gather near Uh, so that's what I'm playing through. And if you have just joined us on the podcast version, that means that I have just started recording my audacity because I am a moron. Yes. Uh, but hey, welcome to the Dummy Thick Gamer Show. <laughs> Hello. Yes. We're, we're glad you're here. So glad. Uh, we were just telling, just just telling the live the live stream here and what we've been playing this week. Yeah. For um, sure. Also, I will have to say, the fireworks displays this year were insane, and were they I don't nuts? know if that's they were nuts. And I don't know if that's because I live in a more like rural area now. It, I mean, probably because of like restrictions closer to the city. Yeah. But I think that definitely an element of people are just super bored. Yeah, for and sure. And are looking for an excuse to blow something up. Yeah. Because of everything that's been happening. Yeah. But I mean, from like nine o'clock until basically midnight, it yeah. was constant. Yeah. Like all over the place and loud and like. It, yeah. I don't ever remember a Fourth of July being like this active. It was insane. Yeah, my side, my city has kind of they in previous years they've always had these kind of like soft ordinances of like guys, let's keep it to like bottle rockets and stuff, and let's leave like the industrial grade fireworks to like the pros. That apparently yeah. all went out the window, similar to your neighborhood. Like my entire town sounded like it was under siege all night. Like starting, <laughs> it was, starting it at did like, sound like warfare. Starting at like six yesterday afternoon, like people were already popping off, and I was like, "Dude, it's gonna be a long day." And like around midnight <laughs> or one a.m., it finally tapered off, and I was just laying in bed like a total grandpa, like, "Okay, <laughs> I, I, I am it's done. Time. <laughs> Wrap it up. We have celebrated. Wrap it up. We're all good. The weavers." <laughs> It's bedtime for the weavers. Yeah, <laughs> but it was nuts. Just picturing you and Bree standing on your on your uh, doorstep in your nightgowns with yeah the bitch wings out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that there was a term for this post. Yeah, they're called that's, bitch wings. That's perfect. Yes, <laughs> but I remember Bree, Bree was fine with it. It was mostly me being grumpy and just being like. And it was because we have a dog now, and my dog was losing her mind. <laughs> and I was just like, my empathy oh, for suds. this animal was making me more furious as the booms yeah. kept happening. I'm like, come yeah. on, guys. But, yeah. Same with my cat, Stryka. He was hiding. I was like, if he, if he shits somewhere in this apartment, I am going to every <laughs> single door in this apartment complex with a piece of that poop. And light it on fire. <laughs> Throw it at him. <laughs> well, uh, Ike... Ladies and gentlemen, that's enough of the 4th of July. Uh, yes. This is the Dummy Thick Gamer Show. Uh, the only video game podcast. Uh, that's it. We're the only video game podcast. The only one. I don't know, I don't know if you knew that. At this point that we are uh, the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Each and every week we round up some of the biggest gaming news stories that you need to know about. You can watch us live here on Facebook every weekend over at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Dummy Thick. And of course, if you missed the live stream, you can watch and listen, or I'm sorry, just listen every Monday at, on the podcast service of your choosing. That's kind of the whole point. You don't watch. You just listen. Uh, don't forget, if you're watching live, I need your help with three things. React to this stream so that it stays visible in the algorithm, please, for the love of God. Uh, share this stream if your heart says it's right, and only if your heart says it's right. Um, and let us know in chat if we say something stupid or incorrect, because we will. And also, feel free to just chime in throughout throughout this episode as we're sort of talking about the topics today with your own thoughts and your own opinions and your own questions. And we yeah. will answer them as they come up. Yeah, shout out to Tom and James and Max for already hopping in the chat. Thank you guys. For sure. Love y'all. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Uh, and please know, we put a lot of work into this show every week, and it means the world to see anyone, quite frankly, listen uh, and support with their time with their energy, and with their ears. So if you're one yes. of those people, thank you so much. Yes. And we've got a cool episode lined up this week. We're looking at the uh, pricing for the new uh, next-gen console that was kind of NBA 2K21, which I hopped in the Discord, and I was initially kind of salty over, and you and several people kind of talked me back. That feels like the routine for the <laughs> Discord, is I jump in un ignorant with and angry, <laughs> and then everyone is like, okay, I calm down, Let's let's walk this out. Right now. <laughs> We're looking at the Xbox Summerfest, the Evo Online tournament that's been canceled, as well as two games that are coming down the line that one I'm very excited for, the other one is just kind of a hot mess, so this is going to be a really cool episode. Awesome. 
Uh, I guess let's clap here, and then we'll get into housekeeping, and then we'll get into this week's meta. Let's All right. do it. Three, two, one. Okay, housekeeping this week. Um, first up, and I guess the only thing, uh, I'm going to start making it a habit uh, with these streams to like after the stream, we're going to get together as a community and like start playing stuff. We've been yeah. talking about it since forever and we need to do it. So I think uh, the first thing that needs to happen is we need to start streaming at like a regular time, which we've kind of tried to do. We've yeah. tried to keep the noon date, um, but it, it kind of fluctuates between Friday and Saturday. So I yeah. think moving forward, I, we haven't really talked about it, but I think Saturday is probably a good day at yeah, noon. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try to hit that. And then after the stream, uh, we're just going to hang out in discord. Uh, yeah. so we've got the link posted in the show notes here. Join, join the group. Uh, and we'll just hang out, man. We'll play some apex. Uh, when, when that goes cross play, I need to download Jackbox, which is currently also a part of the steam summer sale. Yes. Uh, so I should probably cop that. Uh, yeah, we'll just hang out as a group needs to happen. I like needs it. to happen. Um, and then second up is our weekly Steely Boy Spotlight segment. Mm. This is the part of the show where we drag out one of our community members, usually k- kicking and screaming, <laughs> and show them off to you like the proud parents we are. Uh, maybe they shared a, a cool meme. Maybe they're just a cool person. I don't know. There's no real rhyme or reason to any of this. Right. This week, from the Discord, it's Ty Aston, a.k.a. Straight Edge gr- Grandpa. Yes. I asked him what his favorite video game is, and he answered. I'd say favorite gameplay-wise is either the Yoshi or Homeworld series. Most fun lore-wise, which is uh, actually a, a pretty big reason I play games anymore because I am a giant freaking nerd, would be Halo. Solid. That's Solid picks choice. from Ty all around. Still playing through Halo myself. It's so good. Still playing through Halo? Well, I'm still like playing. I'm playing through the Master Chief Collection. I'm still playing them. Like I oh, still okay. play through the campaigns. Oh, like you're still playing it. Got yeah, it. I was like, have you not finished yeah. some of the Halo games? No. Yeah, I'm still playing. All right. Yeah. Okay. And then he also wants to promote. Uh, I asked him, of course, what he wanted to pr- promote, if anything. He said he wants to promote his band, See It Through. They are a local hardcore band here from Kansas City, Missouri. They're awesome. They're incredible. They're easily hands down one of the best locals that we have here in Kansas City. Uh, you can find them on Spotify, of course. They are incredible. Uh, go check them out. And he's also working on his own podcast called Roll for Tropes. Uh, I don't know much about it. I just know that he's working super hard on it. And he actually has like guests coming in and like he's interviewing. Uh, it's a very high, high, highly professional production, unlike this one. Uh, right, and correct. when so it, that's supposed to be coming out in July when it gets closer and we know more about it, uh, we will promote that more, obviously. Right. Um, and then he says on a, le- on a, on a less selfish note, uh, he would like people to look into supporting the first people's fund, which is a fund that supports indigenous indigenous artists. That's such a hard word for me to say around this nation. Yes. Thank you, Ty. Yes. Love you, man. Glad you're here. For sure. For sure. All right. Let's jump in here. Yes. So this all got started. This initial topic we're talking about with pricing for the next gen consoles. This got started because I saw that the NBA 2K21 was going to come out at two different price points. Okay. So we had all of these conferences where developers were telling us that if you buy a certain game, uh, it'll come both for the current gen and then they'll port it over to the next gen and you'll essentially get that game that you paid for again. You wouldn't have to purchase the same game twice, right? Um, We saw that there was going to be a version for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox of the NBA, NBA 2K21 at $60, the standard price point that we've all been used to paying for forever like 10 years almost i think it was the last two console gens yeah yeah and then we're gonna basically they were telling fans that no we aren't gonna just port it over to the next gen console and give you a copy uh we're gonna have the mamba edition which is a hundred dollars and mamba if you get the kobe bryant memorial mamba edition you'll get the current gen game as well as the next gen Hmm. game when that comes out And the way that I, what made me upset is that it was kind of framed as like, no, we're not going to give you two games, but we'll give you two games if you pay us for two games. And that just felt very like car salesman-y in my head. Well, and also capitalizing on Kobe Bryant's death to sort of sell copies is 
That just odd to me. It feels weird. Yeah, we all knew that Kobe was going to be on the cover of basically every basketball-related media for the next year or so because he's one of, if not the biggest player of all time. So that makes sense. But sort of the larger issue here is that we're now getting into the realm of games are starting to get set up for pre-orders, price points are starting to get set, and people are now seeing, oh, Next-gen games are going to be a little bit more expensive. One of the retail prices that we're seeing right now is $69.99, which, first of all, nice. But more importantly, that's nice. that's a sort of $10 elevation than what we've had. And yeah. initially, I was upset about this. And I'm tempted to pull up your comment on... <laughs> I, I would say it, go for it. I mean, like, it's, I was upset about this because... I, I don't know. Like I I think I was more upset about just the Kobe situation and then yeah. it looked like a money squeeze for them. But yeah. you sort of brought it around to me where no, there's more like development going into games. There's a ton of man hour going into this form of entertainment. And right. maybe we've already been buying it at a loss for the devs just up until now. And I think sure. that it makes sense. So Well, and I didn't know either that the devs don't um the devs or the publishers don't dictate the price point of fifty nine yeah. ninety nine that we've just been uh, enjoying for the last yeah. two console generations. This has always been something that's been decided by retail companies. Yeah, um, and so that price point is just kind of ambiguous. Like, there's no real reason why it's fifty nine ninety nine. It's just been kind of the standard for the last two two console gens. Yeah. Um, the last time that it was uh, less than that was the PS1, PS, uh, I'm sorry, the like PS2 and original Xbox yeah. gen, which was a uh, 49. Yeah. So, 99. I mean, but I was looking when we, when we got talking about this and you made some pretty good points. I looked in my steam library to see how much time I've put into games that I've paid less than $60 for. So yeah. just looking at something like elite dangerous, I've put 37 hours alone into my PC copy of elite dangerous. Okay. I paid like 20 bucks for that. I've mm-hmm. paid $20 for other forms of media like a movie or, you know, a quick like watching a movie is kind of a good comparison. You get about 2 hours of enjoyment out of something you just paid $20 for. This is a piece of media that's giving you essentially unlimited time of enjoyment on this. People are saying, "My wife put like 500 hours into Stardew Valley." So, to me, if you're I would looking, say she's recouped the cost. Yeah, if you're looking at <laughs> something where you're paying for something to do, yeah. 500 hours is bananas. And I think right. paying 70 to $100 for a game that I know I'm going to be playing for like the next year at least, that now makes sense to me. And I see that like there's been other people who I think still need to sort of come around to that calculation. Sure. Yeah, I think you almost have to start to look at it that way where games are a long tail form of entertainment that you enjoy for a very long time and you make your decision based on that. So like if there's a game yeah. that you're like, mm, I don't know that I'm going to be able, I'm not like, I'm probably going to play 10, 15, 20 hours of this and never touch it again. Yeah. Maybe that $70 price point looks a little bit less uh, intriguing. Whereas if I don't know, destiny three were to come out for me, like that's, a no-brainer purchase because I've put in hundreds and hundreds of hours into Destiny. Right. Yeah. What makes me concerned is, um, or I guess like one of the downsides that I can think of is that it just makes buying video games in this form of entertainment a little bit less accessible for poor income communities. Sure. Uh, and that and that sucks. You know, like that's just an extra barrier, an extra ten dollars that some people uh, will look at that and be like, I, you know, that's that's too much for me. Yeah. You know, $70 is a lot of money. Yeah. But you look at the games that are popular right now among like middle school and high schoolers and Fortnite is still huge. And that was a free to play game. Right. And then it became sure. sort of a, the base game was free, but then it kind of became a competition to see who could buy the coolest gear. There will always be that aspect el- el- like of it. Uh, yeah. But I think that as BRs and stuff sort of set the pacing of, we're going to release this free game with the intention of charging for cosmetics. I think that might still keep kids in the social realm of gaming. And then there will always be that, oh, Timmy has cooler stuff than I do element. But at least they'll be in the same space, you know? So the the price point to me makes sense. If you can get a big expensive console, I, I'm going to now understand that 70 bucks is probably going to be a reasonable, if not still relatively cheap for how much time I'm going to get price point. Sure. But you also raise a good point that's like, you know, I think we've kind of reached the point in games where 
the cost of making these things is just astronomical. Yeah. Millions and millions of dollars. And the, just the amount of people behind these games making them, it's not sustainable. you know. And so we've right. seen publishers and de- developers sort of develop all of these monetization strategies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're obviously controversial. We, I don't love all of the microtransactions in, in Destiny, for example. But, you know, their game is free to play now. Like, they have to make money right. somehow, you know. And so I understand it on that basic level. Um, but like, we're also seeing games like The Last of Us Part Two, right, that are, I would say, way too long. <laughs> uh, con- considering the scope of them and how much is involved with them and like the amount of detail in them is just insane. They, that they, they take years and years to create these games. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe we could just scale that back just a smidge, just yeah. a little bit. And then maybe we, we wouldn't have $70, $70 dollar games, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just or, a thought. Or maybe like the $70 price point shouldn't be the standard for like, say a game that ships with just multiplayer content the way some of the call of duty games did maybe like mm-hmm. i think it was two titles ago where they just released a multiplayer game i think that was black ops 4 that to me never made sense to pay a full price for a game that's not a full game uh, but like a full story-based game that you know that you're buying for the appreciation of you know the story like you would from a naughty dog title i i would see paying $70 for that just out of obligation for the people that worked so hard on it, you know? So sure. I don't know. James in chat says, I feel like if they bump up the AAA game release prices, it would open up people to check out more indie games, which I think is good. Yeah. And supports the little guys. I agree with that. hundred percent. Yeah. That is one of the, uh, I think the, the like silver linings of this whole thing, games being more expensive means more people will check out games that cost a little bit less, which means, way more indie games yeah uh so yeah that's dope that's a great silver lining great point good point that's very cool so overall i think like we're both kind of in a spot where like yeah paying an extra ten dollars is is gonna suck um but i think it's i think it's understandable and i think the industry is is sort of overdue for this um but it's just gonna make us be a, a little more cost conscious of our purchases yeah next up on this week's meta uh, I need to pull up my notes. Xbox Summerfest will debut over 60 demos that you can try at home. Speaking of indie games. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of indies. Yeah. Got an article here from the Xbox uh, blog here. Uh, this is from Glenn Gregory, Senior Product Marketing Manager uh, at ID at Xbox, which is their indie sort of program. Uh, let's enhance. Enhance, Jacob. What's the key bind for that? Uh, control plus, no, what? what is it? <laughs> Technology. Uh, if you've been lucky enough to attend E3, PAX, Gamescom, or another show in the past, uh, you know that above and beyond the spectacle of these shows, one of the great joys of attending a marquee gaming event is being able to get your hands on games. Lots and lots of games. Getting to try them out early and discover lots of news games is awesome. Lots of news games? That's a typo. Found Lots it. of new games. Typo number one. Found it. Ya bozos. Those bozos over at Xbox. <laughs> um, oh, almost spilled my dog's pepper all over my PlayStation. Uh, while we can't recreate the experience of attending a big show entirely, we can help you get your hands on lots of cool new games early. As announced by Jeff Keighley as part of the Summer Games Fest, Xbox is proud to reveal that our Summer Games Fest demo event will be live on Xbox One from July 21st to July 27th. We'll have more than 60 brand new game uh, game demos for upcoming unreleased Xbox games available to check out for free. Look for the special Game Fest demo tile on the Xbox One dashboard that week to find the collection of available demos a few things to keep in mind and i also want to know if this is just on xbox one if um pc players will be able to yeah the game pass pc people yeah that also includes win 10 please please yeah a few things to keep in mind these are not normal game demos typically the demos you see in our demo channel are created after the game is completed or nearly completed and represent the final version many of these demos are early and some are for games that won't be out for quite some time We've never done this before. What that means is that you'll get to experience these games early, some way early, which is awesome. But you should also note that these games will continue to evolve and be polished as they near release. In other words, think of these as akin to show floor demos. 
as akin to show floor demos mm -hmm. and not necessarily indicative of the final product. And speaking as somebody who has worked in the industry for a while, that's not a bad thing. In fact, being able to check out games early and then see how they evolve is freaking awesome. Watch your, <laughs> watch your language, Xbox. Captain America over here. These demos will only be up on the Xbox dashboard for a week. Some might be republished to the demo channel later, but many will simply evaporate at the end of the week. So make sure to check them out while you can. The developers would love to hear what you think. Hit them up on social media or through their websites. If you like the game, tell them. If you have constructive criticism, they would love to hear that too. As I mentioned, we have lots of games somewhere between 75 and 100 when the dust settles. We'll announce the full list closer to July 21st, but here are some of the highlights. Um, so we got this game, Cry Tales. Yep. A gorgeous indie love letter to classic JRPGs with a new perspective. Peer into the past, act in the present, and watch as your choices dynamically change the future. All on one screen as you play. Uh, they've got Destroy All Humans. We know about that game. Yep. That is coming out very soon. Uh, the demo is already on Steam and I think on console. So if you want to play that, that's already out there. You yeah, can I, play. To, I thought you played that one. So that kind of took me off guard. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited for this game, by the way. It looks incredible. Yeah. Um, just like the visuals. It's, yeah. They did a great job with it. Um, this game called Haven. What else? Hellpoint. This game, just from this picture looks like a souls like i don't know anything about it but yeah looks like a souls game skatebird we all know about that one there's gonna be a demo for that excited for that ike yes no skatebird looks so sick I, I i will take any sort of skate media to bite my to teeth on until uh the new skate comes out or the until i can get my hands on tony hawk because uh yeah, the the skate that I have on the Steam right now is not good. I forget even what it's called since I don't play it anymore. But uh, yeah, it's it's terrible. It's Skater XL. It's hard, and I don't like it. So Skatebird is going to be what I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about this? It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's cool, man. I think that this is going to be a cool way to. I, I'm just so I'm so tired of the tastemaker culture that is all through media, whether it's movies, music, or video games, where you have these like people who kind of tell you what's cool and what's not. And I'm someone who typically yeah. you make fun of me for falling in the line of loving like double a or like single a games. This kind of opens it up for the people to decide what they actually are excited about and what they enjoy. Yeah. So yeah. give me a big platter. Let me find maybe a game that someone who's, you know, their job is to review like wonderful indie projects like give me like something where i can hack and slash through stuff and i can learn that i enjoy that right sure you can't help but let an independent reviewer color your perception of a game before you play it because if i walk into a game hearing that it got 2.5 out of 5 stars i i'm i'm only going to be able to look at it through that lens and this to me is the opportunity for people to approach a game and feel about feel about it how they're going to feel about it without having anyone else color it for them i think that's really cool maybe I, but I I do think that I think we put a lot of stock in people that cover these games like professionally. Um, I don't think their sort of opinion influences most people's sort of perception on games as much as we sort of give them like credence for, especially like reviewers. You think so? Um, I yeah, I do. I think you know like the one downside to this is since we're all going to be able to play these games. Um, like, so in the past, right, it would be a handful of people that would be able to play a game on a show floor and then they would give their impressions online. And then the people that were like going to play this game are going to play it regardless of what they think, you yeah. know, because they want to play it. Whereas now if that demo comes out and that demo is not good, um, everybody will be able to experience that. <laughs> Yeah, right? I so mean, but I see that as potentially being a downside. It's with under the giant asterisk of like these are definitely rough copies of a game. Sure. So yeah. I would look at it like here's surprising. Here's my optimistic viewpoint. If you see this and you like it, imagine how much better it's going to be. You know, a few months or a year down the road. So, but will the mass audience really do that? Like, are are they that sort of forward thinking to play a game that's like really rough around the edges and be like, okay, like perspective this game is still like definitely early steps of development like this thing broke because because of that yeah that's that's true i i think people are gonna have to consciously hold their um you know initial gut reactions back when they encounter bugs and stuff but i think they sure. 
if I was a dev, I would be more worried about if I have a playable demo not getting it on here versus like people understanding that it's a playable demo. You know, like I would want to get it out there for people to play around with because beta testing is a huge thing. Like you want people looking at it and sort of giving group feedback on your product so you can improve it, right? So this this to me looks like it serves everyone. I don't see part, a downside yeah. to this. Yeah. I think uh, the game definitely needs to pass a certain threshold. Like it needs to be playable at least as a like a demo with like minimal sort of like game breaking bugs. Sure. Like there's a reason why when games are being shown off on like the uh like on stage at like E3, there's a reason why they have like devs playing. Yeah. And it's because like if you look in a different direction, like that has the potential <laughs> to like break the entire, the entire game. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um so, you know, knowing that, it has been sort of like interesting to think, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen with all of these demos, but people like are they going to be sort of that level where if you look in a different direction or you do something that the devs didn't really intend for you to do, that's just going to crash the entire thing? Yeah. I don't know, but it's it's going to be interesting, you know. I think it's 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 cool that they're just doing this in general. Yeah. You know. Um I was wanting to go to E3 this year, mm-hmm. and then I I saw that the the ticket prices were just <laughs> astronomical and they didn't like it was hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah and that didn't even that wasn't even like i I, my i'm a fool i guess like i thought that that ticket price would admit me into the area where you could like actually watch the presentations no that was just show floor that was just to like get into a line to play a game yeah you know so it's it's cool like in my entire day day would have been spent trying to play probably a handful three or four games yeah you know so it's cool now that like I don't have to do that. None of us have to do that. It, They're just it, putting the demos online, and if you want to try something out, if you want to play it firsthand, see see how it plays. Yeah, uh, you can do that. It removes that's awesome. It removes the price barrier and sort of like democratizes the process of hey, check out our game. Like that that yeah. just seems really cool and intuitive. And I hope this this model sticks. Trend around. continues. Yeah, that, yeah, that seems really cool to me. I've, I wonder. I wonder if we're done with E three. I wonder if we'll ever go back to sort of these huge conferences. Honestly, dude, give me a polished, well-stitched together presentation from video over a weird, awkward stage presentation every time. Like, I, I have it... Anytime E3 has happened, I will have it, like, minimized and just listening to it until gameplay comes up anyway. And I always sit there and I'm like... I hear, like, the jokes and then, like, the way that it hits the audience, and I'm always like, stop. Like, it's always just kind of gross. So this just felt really cool. I say that having never been there in person, um, but, yeah, I think it's I think it's cool. Awesome. Uh, you want to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. So um, we talked last... Wait, is this, is this Hyperscape or is this... Oh, this is Evo. I have it on my notes as Evo. Yeah, you can take this one. (laughs) God. Uh, So if you want to pull the article up, we'll kind of go over what's been going on. Um, Basically, Evo Online has been canceled following allegations against the former CEO. Nintendo has issued a statement to IGN regarding the allegations that have arisen. Jump down to the the story first, and then we'll go over the updates. So where's our story? Scroll down a little bit, like halfway down. Yeah, so the past week, several uh, Super Smash Bros. esports competition competitors and members came forward with allegations of abuse from those within the community. Well-known personas were implicated on social media as alleged abusers, with some victims reportedly underage when those abuses occurred. Uh, Joey Kuehler, president of EO, faced allegations from members of the community that claimed Kuehler, who also goes by Mr. Wizard, Paid out tokens to local members of an arcade who were underage at the time to jump in the pool in only their underwear. That's gross. Um, In a statement by Evo, the company announced that the behavior in these accusations runs directly counter to Evo's missions of building a safe, duh, like, yes, PR. Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cooler cooler color, uh, intentionally not learning how to pronounce his stupid name, was only (laughs) one of the many people named in the community-wide scandal. That claims widespread sexual misconduct from within the fighting game community. A similar scandal hit the community last year following Evo 2019. Yeah, so this great tournament that everyone was excited about uh, has been canceled because people can't help themselves from being scumbags and everything sucks. And I wish that <laughs> I wish that there was a good note for this. But uh, yeah, I think it just goes back to what we were talking about where this still feels like such a new media of grown p- 
people interacting with children in a way that runs counter to how you and I were probably even educated to don't talk to strangers on the internet. Now the entire business model of Twitch is talking to strangers on the internet. And I think that naturally people are already predisposed to find ways to be horrible people. This just feels like Mm -hmm. a big playground for them. So they find themselves reaching high points in these communities or at least trying to get there, which I just think that man like that it falls on it falls on people to say something when they see something. It falls on us to, I guess, do what's happening now, which is self-police to the point where we just have to believe people when they say things. And, you know, when people come forward and say, hey, this person's a monster, that needs to be believe addressed. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's... follow up and execute. Do something about it. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, how, how far... Like, how far... I don't know. I just I don't I don't even have anything else to say at this point. Just people stop need to stop being shitty. Yeah. And and again like I can't <laughs> emphasize know, this enough like there's there's the responsibility this community is still so wide and we all support each other so much that the responsibility is on you. Like if you are the only person that has seen something I I know that it sucks that you like you just want to be playing video games. I get that. But if you're the person that has seen something, like it is on you to say something about it and to point it sure. out, regardless yeah, of like important. how popular someone is or how not popular they are. Like that, that always has to get called out. And I think that this community that we're in, where it's cult of personality gets built up and a lot of people mm. get this vibe that they're immune to the other rules, that's all got to get torn down, man. Like you can't. Sure. You, and it's that sort of like vibe check where, like, uh, was it last episode that we were talking about Fran? Yeah. Uh, who is that? Destiny streamer that was out, and I kind of had to check myself too. And like, I don't know Fran, you know. Right. All I know about this streamer is what I've seen online. A polished. You know? I do not know him. Yeah. I think I know him. I don't. Right. You know? That's just his personality, and so we kind of have to like vibe check ourselves a little bit. For sure. Uh, so, so we've got these these statements here. We got one from Nintendo. Nintendo has issued a statement to IGN regarding the allegations that have arisen in the fighting game community and in the Super Smash Bros. community. As at, at Nintendo, we are deeply disturbed by the allegations raised against certain members of the competitive gaming community. They are absolutely impermissible. We want to make it clear that we condemn all acts of violence, harassment, and exploitation against anyone, uh, and that we stand with the victims. Uh, and then another update here. In a statement to IGN, Evo announced that effective immediately, Joey uh, C- Cellular will no longer be involved with Evo in any capacity. He doesn't. He doesn't get the luxury to have us pronounce his name correctly. No, no. Uh, we and that Evo online names on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and that Evo online is canceled. The esports organizers named Tony Cannon uh, as acting CEO. Evo's full statement below. Over the past 24 hours, in response to serious allegations recently made public on Twitter, we have made the first of a series of important decisions regarding the future of our company. Effective immediately, Joey Cellular will no longer be involved with Evo in any capacity. We are currently working towards his complete separation from the company and have relieved him from all of his responsibilities. Going forward, Tony Cannon um, will act as CEO. In this position, he will take a leadership role in prioritizing greater accountability across Evo, uh, both internally and at our events. Progress does not happen overnight or without the bravery of those who speak up against misconduct and injustice. We are shocked and saddened by these events, but we are listening and committed to making every change that will be necessary in making Evo a better model for the stronger, safer culture we all seek. I got as a result. Yeah, go ahead. I got a question. So, do we think that in light of allegations and in light of credible sources coming forward about stuff like this, do we think that canceling an event outright is the right move? And I get that to to like postpone it and do it later might be harder. I don't but I don't think they had any other choice. Yeah. Because so many people had already pulled out that the event yeah, would have been that's true. nil, if anything. I just so I don't I don't I never want someone to feel worried that they'll take the ball and go home if they bring up abuse. You know, like I, I worry mm-hmm. that you know if you're if you're at an event that you really love and if you're in this community that you care about, there could be this pressure to stay quiet because you don't want to ruin it for everyone else. Um, yeah, and I worry that that might only enforce a culture of silence. Uh, but that seems like a mm. I'm probably thinking 
to in the weeds about it. I think overall, like the big thing, yes, cancel it. Let's not let these people benefit from anything. But like moving forward, I just don't want that to ever be a concern for somebody to say like, oh, I don't want to ruin the good time for everyone else. I'll just stay quiet because there's already enough pressure to stay quiet. The added pressure of, oh, what if I get this event canceled? That man, that's hard. That's so hard. It's tricky. I'm glad I'm not one of the people behind making those sort of calls. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's you nuts. Know. It's crazy. Uh, so that's that's the latest in this trend of allegations and uh, just people being being shitty. Uh, I would assume this is be- going to become a weekly thing at this point. So we'll have your next update next week. <sighs> yeah. On a lighter note, uh, we've got a new BR. Yeah. Which I don't know. What? <laughs> Another battle royale. I don't know how you feel about uh, about BRs. Are you kind of burned out on BRs? Are you? Do you welcome a new one? I I like shooters and I like good gunplay in video games. So yeah. the BR trend kind of serves me in that regard. Um, I've always liked, you know, as far back as we've gone back playing video games, they've always been like a social space for me. So sure, a the fact that shooters right now kind of have the road for people hopping in with their friends and playing games for hours at a time. I love this. I'm not great at them, uh, but I'm going to be playing them till I die. Um, <laughs> so hyperscape, this is a new first person battle Royale announced by Ubisoft. Uh, rather than taking place in a wild sort of sparse jungle map, uh, the way that Warzone takes place and the war, the way that apex takes place in sort of an out sort of campground kind of vibe. This game is sort of set aside that it's taking place in a city, kind of like a neo-Paris, like a futuristic Paris um, city. It's very dense with buildings. It's all very urban. Yeah, yeah. jump pads for highly like vertical movements. And uh, it, it seems really cool. And it seems like a game that's been started from the ground up to incentivize streaming. Uh, this really cool feature of it, the game is also connected to Twitch to allow spectators a level of influence over the game and earn rewards just by watching. During the technical test, viewers are able to vote on in-game events, which I think is so cool. I think that that's really, really cool that yeah, it's a cool concept. each match could be sort of influenced by the people watching it. It kind of gives like a... Do you remember in the Hunger Games where like people would send care packages? Like the audience would like... That kind of gave me like so. a Hunger Games vibe. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I can't help but be excited for another like shoot the lads game that comes out. And especially this has kind of got that cyberpunk look to it which i think sure. is so cool like you've got these people one of the screen grabs is this guy's got like a bike helmet this other lady's got this cool like head wrap with her color coordinated gear on it just looks cool man i don't know i i'm this is an easy sell for me <laughs> yeah i'm on board it has that sort of um so the whole thing is sort of this vr sort of aesthetic vibe uh it gives me ready player one vibes all the way yeah and uh you know, they said that they're doing something interesting with the way the ring closes in, which is uh, they're not really doing anything that interesting. Right. But uh, as the ring closes in, the sort of environment and the and the and the uh, the, the, the textures will sort of pixelate. Uh, so it's this really cool like visual indicator that as the ring is closing in, and if you're in that zone, the zone will sort of fade out and get darker and darker yeah. as the ring closes in, and eventually uh, the, it'll just poof and go away. Yeah. Um. So pretty cool. Um, there's some pr- pretty cool abilities in this. I don't know if, if you've seen the, the, like, I don't know if the ball is, <laughs> is, uh, for everybody. I don't know if everybody has this or if this is an ability, uh-huh. but it's this really cool, like traversal mechanic where you can transform your, yourself into this giant ball. Visually it. that, that was the only thing that set this game apart for me <laughs> from, from other BRs, just being able to transform into this giant bouncy ball to, uh, like reach new heights. Uh, and like, obviously verticality is a huge focus in this game yeah. with it being an urban map. Um, it seems much more frantic than other BRs just due to the nature of the buildings and sort of what you're doing and just being able to move them. You've got like a mid air dash, yeah. the slide, um, the, like the knee slide looks really cool. It, it looks better than apex, like the slide in apex. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same where like, if you hit like a slope or something and you're sliding, you'll just continue to slide. I hope so. Yeah. I hope, I hope that's a trend that, that tra- translates to any other game because that feels so good. I love sliding down. Yeah. Do you remember? Obstacles. Do you remember the game that like two people played Brink 
like way back in the day, like that shooter that was like supposed to be like a <laughs> yes, co-op versus remember AI shooter. Yeah. This looks very Brink-y to me, only like with today's graphics and very, very polished. So yeah, it's a lot of people bouncing on pogo sticks, running around shooting each other. I, I think it looks fun. We're already kind of getting mixed uh, mixed reviews for another over another um, Battle Royale. Max is saying that it looks like Overwatch. So I, I can see that. It does kind of have that as aesthetic. It reminds me more of Valorant. Yeah. Uh, I think it might even look a little bit better than Valorant. I agree. Are people still playing Valorant, by the way? Like, is that still... Uh, I'm not so much right now, just because it's one of those things where I just can't get in the right headspace to be frustrated with people. <laughs> so <laughs> It's mostly just been BRs for me lately. Um, it feels like some of the conversation about that game has sort of died off. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, but... I know some guys who consistently play it, and they're still frustrated with all of the changes that are happening with it. So I, I don't know. It's it's mixed, but I'm I'm pumped about this. I get goofily excited for all new shooter games. So sure, we'll see. It might. Yeah, there was a time in my life not too long ago where I would have rolled my eyes at a new battle royale. Yeah, I was like we have we have Fortnite. You know, we have PUBG. Yeah, we have Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. We don't need a, a we don't need a new BR. And then Warzone came out. Yep. <laughs> and that changed that changed my mind, dude. Yeah. I love Warzone. I love it so much. It's so fun. And it finally like sort of clicked. Yeah. You know? Did so, you... And then I went back to Apex and I was like, Apex is really fun too. It's just fun to hop in with a squad of your homies and just either wreck people or full on potato. The uh the two hundred <laughs> player Warzone is absolutely nuts if you haven't played that yet. That's just a quick side note. I haven't. That's... I haven't checked out any of season uh four, right? They're on yeah. season four. Yeah. It's uh, it's absolutely bananas. <laughs> I played that today. It's nuts. Cool. Um, yeah. So you know, I'll I'll absolutely play this. It looks fun just from the perspective of just movement and like traversing around the environment. I just want to transform myself into a ball and bounce around. That sounds so fun. And you can like hop out of that ball at any point. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It seems cool. You know, it, it sort of has this um, almost like the like Unreal tournament vibe. Yeah. Um where uh, it seems much more like arena shooter focused than other sort of battle royales too, which I like that sort of angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, it's apparently pretty easy to get beta codes for this. Cool. So I might, I might try to yep. cop one, Yep. try it out myself, but I'm excited for it. Yep. Same. Cool. What do we got next? You want to talk about uh, crucible? Not the Destiny uh, PvP, the not Destiny PvP, the Amazonian, um, <laughs> the Amazonian game. What, do you, what did you think about this when you first saw it? Um, that's a good question. You know, I was indifferent. Yeah, so like this is Amazon's sort of first foray. Um, I, I guess it's their first foray. I know they're sort of in the process of making other games. There's an RPG that's supposed to come out here pretty shortly, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was their first one, high-profile game that I am at least aware of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Indifferent. In it's that game with sort of the anthropom- anthropomorphic... Uh, am I saying that word right? Yeah, yeah. Pro- pro- yeah. Pro- probably not. Um, with the anthropomorphic animals that... Uh, I don't even know what this game is about. I can't even explain it. But we got this article from IGN. Hopefully hopefully they can a little bit better than I, I, I could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amazon's free-to-play team shooter Crucible has been pulled back uh, into closed beta just a month after its official release. Yikes. Yikes. Can we, can we get yikes in the chat? <laughs> Which I, I don't know if this has ever been done before, yeah. where a game has released, has gone out of, out of beta, released as a full game, and then has gone back into beta. <laughs> just insane. Crucible's... Developer Relentless Studios revealed the news on the Crucible blog yesterday, announcing that as of today, the game will shift back into a closed beta state once more in order to focus on providing the best possible experience for our players, all 20 of them. Despite the drastic change, Relentless is still following the roadmap it announced in early June when it decided to pull two of Crucible's three game modes from circulation after its player base dwindled just weeks after launch. The team are focusing on map, combat, and system changes and made it clear that the Crucible experience will remain much of the same for those who have been playing since launch. You'll keep all of the progress and customization items you've already earned and the battle pass 
reward tracks and in-game store will continue to be supported because of course it will. Yes. The statement reads, uh, Relentless is also setting up a community council of players who uh, they'll be consulting for feedback and the team will be scheduling dedicated time each week to play the game with the current community. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Crucible's most popular game mode, Heart of Hives, has remained, and Relentless is working on a number of new features trying to improve the game using feedback from fans. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let, let's say this. There's something in the article that you you, you, did, you didn't mention where you can check out the public Trello board on the internet to see live time what devs are working on. And can we please cool. can we please like normalize that happening? Like the, I think that's really yeah. sick. Like I'm looking at you, CD Project Red. Give me the Trello board for what you're doing. I want to know because and Bungie, dude. yeah, like that. Never mind CD Project Red. Yeah, like this makes sense for just any sort of live service game. Yeah, it just adds that sort of extra layer of uh, visibility and uh, not accountability. I don't know what the word I'm I'm thinking of is transparency. But just being able to see that like. In real time, like, hey, these devs are doing something. They they obviously care about their game because it, it is easy to forget when a game is in a, is in a bad state that developers like obviously want their game to be good, right? You know, they want you to enjoy it. Yeah. Um. So, and that's frustrating for people that like do enjoy these these games to feel like the developers aren't listening or right. aren't doing stuff like fast enough. Yeah. Um, or whatever the case may be, you know, this probably uh, game game development's hard. Yeah. Like, and this gives that, a window you know? of that. This probably like cr- this solves more time that you would spend on Twitter before it was even a problem because people who don't have an appreciation for how multi-level this stuff is are able to look at this board and go, Oh, I didn't even realize that voice chat is something you needed to work on in a game like this. You know, like that that would get someone yeah. who's relatively ignorant about how games are made and they'll see this massive project and they'll go, "Oh, well, maybe they've got a lot on their plate." And I can see now that they're working on this one issue that I had. That's that's kind of cool that they're doing that. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, just like looking at the gameplay here, like it it's a good-looking game. Um it looks very pretty. I don't know if it just doesn't feel very good to play. Seems like enemies might be sort of bullet spongy. I don't know if you don't do enough damage. I don't know what the case may be, but obviously there's something that just isn't clicking with its player base. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I don't know. It kind of gives me that evolve <laughs> vibes where like it evolve was a game that looked very pretty too. But mm-hmm. when you play it, you're just like, I am not having fun playing this game. Yeah. Just not very enjoyable. Yeah. So, you know, and if we've learned anything uh, from the process of making games, transparency. Thanks, Max. That is the word that I was looking for. Yes, transparency in game in game development. Who would have thought? Yeah. A, a good idea. A concept. Um, a concept. A mother freaking concept. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like I was saying, if we've learned anything, it's that you know we're in a place now where game devs, if they stick with it and they do the things that I think this game dev is doing mm-hmm. as far as like being transparent and listening and like actually acting on the criticism. Yeah. Um, anyone has the potential to turn a game around. Yeah. I guess if the funds continue to, uh, to, to come in because again, game development is expensive. Yeah. Well, we're, we're laughing. <laughs> and if, uh, we're laughing at him for pulling it out and then sort of working on it. But that's in the end, what we want from devs. Like if we, sure, yeah, no, you're right. If we're going to criticize something, we shouldn't also like be like, ha they have to work on the thing that they care about. Like that. That's of course they are that they want to make a good uh, game. Bunch of freaking losers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> These nerds <laughs> working on a game for us. No, that's, that's what we want to happen. So Yeah. oh man oh man well and then this last piece of news here as uh crucible has um has left beta and then re-entered beta yes another high profile game has has left beta and that game is fortnite haven't heard of fortnite (laughs) haven't haven't heard of her fortnite has finally left early access wow can we get a round of applause well done guys you made a game (laughs) You made a game. (laughs) I don't have any thoughts on that. That's cool. It's finally left early access, I guess. I don't know why it was in early access as long as it it was. Yeah. I I think that... Didn't we say at one point that we think that might be a sort of weird way to get more money out of a product where if you aren't... If you don't release it as a full game, but you keep it in beta, 
you get to keep more of the money from the cosmetics made in it or something like that. I, I feel like at the root of this, I, this, I'm saying this from just off the hip, but if you look into this, there's some sort of financial incentive to keep a game in beta as long as you possibly can to keep more money in the end. Like that, that to me, I, I will say this, hoping that people Google and that my point is backed up, but intuitively, I would have to think that we all can look at Fortnite in the last two years and see this game is complete. This game has been made. Like to, it's done. to say that yeah. it's finally out of beta as they're all like driving around in their cars that they bought two years ago off of the money from Fortnite. Like, <laughs> like that, that, that it had to have been some sort of financial decision to keep it in beta like that. But yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Fortnite. I agree. <laughs> Congrats guys. Congrats Fortnite. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the show this week. Uh, uh, again, we talked about a ton. If you um, were not able to catch all of this episode, again, you can listen to this episode in its entirety on the podcast service of your choosing. Please, if you enjoy this stream, uh, consider dropping us a follow, like the stream, share the stream uh, with all of your friends so that we can grow this community. I would greatly appreciate it. I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you to anyone that shared the stream, followed during it, commented. Uh, we appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. We love you. I hope you guys have uh, a great uh, start of your week. Yes. All right. See you guys later. Later. If you're one of the few people that make it to the end of these shows each week, man, from Ike and I both, thank you so much for listening. We truly do not deserve your attention, and we are honored that anyone, quite frankly, would carve out some time of their week to... uh, listen to us. Uh, We would like to invite you to become a bona fide member of our community. You can join our group on Facebook by searching Dummy Thick Steely Boys. Uh, That space is really great for just sharing memes, uh, talking about games, uh, or you can join our Discord group by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. That's kind of how we coordinate game sessions throughout the week and keep in touch. Uh, Think of that as like a nerdy group chat (laughs) with all your friends. Uh, Lastly, the music that you hear after the clap each week is is not ours. It is a beat from that kid, Goron. Uh, He produces a ton of beats, which are free to use, so long as you credit him. So again, that is that kid, Goron, G-O-R-A-N. If you would like to follow Isaac on Twitter, you can do so at E-Y-E-Z-A-H-K and myself at J-A-K-E-M-O-I-X. Thank you so much for listening again, and until next week, Frick Ferns. <laughs>